Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast. On today's episode, we are headed to Kentucky to speak with Dr. William Kaneke. Bill is a retired educator with over 45 years of experience. He has published his first, first book entitled Write Well Right Now, a guidebook on English grammar, punctuation, and writing is out now. So, Bill, welcome to the RV. Thank you, Lucille. Nice to see you. Pleasure to be here with you. Me too. I'm super happy to have you here you. today. And Bill, your career in education is quite extensive. You became a school principal at the age of 23. So how did that come about? Well, that was an interesting story. Uh, I got my master's degree after teaching chemistry for three years at DuQuine, and I started looking for jobs. And every time I would get an interview, I'd be told that I was too young to be a principal. You're just too young. So uh, uh, guy told me that if I would teach half-time chemistry and be a prince, assistant principal, I'd have a better chance at the job. So I applied for a couple. And the guy called me one day, and he said, uh, uh, I have this opening and I'm going to be uh, talking with you. I'll be in contact with you. My name is Muller. And he told me his first name. And so several weeks went by and the secretary told me that there was a Mr. Muller to see me. And I assumed it was that Mr. Muller, but lo and behold, it wasn't that Mr. Muller. It was a different Mr. Muller. And uh, he talked for me for five, five minutes. And he said, you want the job you have? It? I said, you didn't ask me questions or anything. He said, well, he said, uh, no, I said, but if you want the job, you got it. I said, okay. So that was how I got my first job. And I found out later that he had gone down to SIU Carbondale where I earned my master's and talked to all my professors and they had recommended me. And so he based on that, he heard me without even asking me any questions. So that was how I got my first job at age 23. That's amazing. <laughs> Was it luck? I think it's luck. It was luck, but I also practiced something my grandmother told me many years ago that uh, your name goes places your face never sees. And so I had never met this guy, but my name was out there and he checked up on me. And so my name was good and he hired me based on recommendations. Well done. And your childhood was quite interesting you were yeah. mentioning how your mom right. put herself yeah, it, uh, <laughs> the, 
Yeah, when I first was born, my mother and dad just had me once, one child, and he had a really good job, and my mother was just a homemaker. She had never worked outside the home at all, and he had some uh, serious illnesses, and we knew he had them, but at age 28 or 29, he he had kidney problems, and uh, he just wasn't going to live any longer, and that's what the doctors told us, so he passed away at age 30 and my mother was 28 and she had never worked. And we had a lot of debt because uh, he didn't have health insurance. He didn't have life insurance. He hadn't worked for a year. So we were like dead broke. And she had to go to work in a shoe factory, making uh, shoes up on third floor. And she got paid 50 cents an hour and she hated that job. And it wasn't getting anywhere as well. You know, 50 cents an hour, even then was pretty low. And that was in the 50s. And so she decided to go to college. So to make a long story short, she ended up getting a BS, MS, and a PhD and taught for 27 years at two different universities. Matter of fact, she taught at the same university I taught at and graduated from, not the same time. So it was pretty tough for a while, but uh, we believed in that, an old sign that says that when adversity strikes, some people quit and others set records. So she decided she wanted to go to school at age 28 in 1953, which was unheard of. And I went along with her, so it was quite a ride. Oh, that's a beautiful story, Bill. And talking about your book, yeah, your first book is called Write Well, Right Now. Yes. That's a copy of the book, right? Exactly. And what was your inspiration to create this guidebook? Well, uh, I was not a good person in grammar. <laughs> I never, never thought it was very important. And so until I got to really my first administrative job as principal and then superintendent, I didn't think grammar was that important. But I found out all the reports I had to write and all the letters and stuff, that it was important. So I taught myself a lot of grammar. And uh, I got better. And uh, I, I, I I just had this passion to see why other people could get better because so many of my students, uh, especially my college students, when I taught the university, were just terrible in grammar, punctuation. And I said, well, it's not important. I said, well, you're going to find out it's very important when you start writing resumes and so forth, because I had a standing rule that if I found more than three errors on a resume, I didn't read the resume. I put it in a stack. And they said, that's not fair. I said, what do you mean it's not fair? I don't want teachers when I was superintendent. I've been able to read or write or write letters, especially English teachers. And believe it or not, some English teachers are not really good in grammar either, although most of them are. And I had an aunt that was an English teacher, and she was excellent in grammar. But, uh, but so far, uh, I just had this passion to help people. And so I decided to write a book to help people like me who struggle with grammar. That's a simple English grammar punctuation writing book. That's uh, like a guidebook. It's very simple for those of us that struggle with grammar. So that's actually why I wrote the book, to help others, especially teachers and other people, do their resumes correctly and be good communicators, both written and speech-wise. Yeah, and you even gave away 203 copies of your I book. I think I probably gave away about 300 free copies because I used that for advertising on my first book. My, my second book, I'm not going to give away 300 copies, but, but I did the first book because uh, I gave them to my colleagues and my students and so forth. So, uh, yeah. Wow. And that was the way I advertised. And, uh, yeah. 
also helped other people because they didn't have to buy the book. They got it free. Yeah, you were helping them and they are helping you. Right. Mm -hmm. And Bill, in your opinion, what makes a good teacher? Well, I think one of the first things is you have to have a passion because you don't go into teaching to get rich. I can tell you that uh, it, it pays decent, but it's so many other professions that pay so much better. So it's, I have a, a father-in-law that was a minister who's now passed away and I married his daughter. So I married a preacher's kid. And he used to say that you don't go into ministry to get rich either. You go into it because you have the passion to help people. And uh, so that, that's why I did it was I really wanted to pass on uh, uh, my knowledge and the way I learned things to others. And so I think that's one of the most important things. If you want to be a teacher, you have to kind of be called to be a teacher. If you just want to be a teacher because there's nothing else to do and you don't really you know, you think you're going to get rich, you probably shouldn't teach. You should do something else because you're going to be unhappy. The kids are going to be unhappy and everybody's going to be unhappy. And so if you don't have that passion that says you want to help people and you have a calling to be a teacher, you should not be a teacher. That's my opinion. Yeah. If you don't, if it's not your passion, don't even start. And also I think another thing is you have to know your subject matter because, uh, I've known some teachers that had the passion, but they didn't, uh, they did seem to have the uh, uh, brain power or whatever to, uh, to teach it. Now you don't have to be perfect because you can pick up a lot of stuff. And after you teach it, you get better, but you have to have some knowledge. You can't just walk in and say, you know, I'm going to teach today and whatever comes up, comes up. You got to prepare and that kind of stuff. So you, you have to have that passion, but you have to have some abilities and brain power to get the job done, especially in chemistry. Uh, mm -hmm. Chemistry is hard. You just don't walk in and teach that off the cuff. You got to really study that stuff. So Studying chemistry for me was the most difficult part. Chemist chemistry is difficult, but uh, I taught chemistry a little different than most people did then and now. Uh, I taught a half a year of inorganic chemistry and a half a year of organic chemistry in high school to high school juniors. And they complained that how tough it was, how hard it was, but guess how they did when they went to college and took organic chemistry. Mm. They did very well. So they thanked me for doing that, but it is hard, but Hey, I made a D in high school chemistry. So if I could make a D in high school chemistry and teach it, uh, it's not that hard. Yeah. And Bill, you've accomplished so much yet, and it seems like you have a lot you want to get done. I saw your goal of doing TED Talk. We have that goal in common. I would like to do a TED Talk at some time. Uh, I, I got to get the second book finished before I do that, but it is a goal to do a TED Talk. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. And can you tell us more about your next goals? There are a lot. And I'm <laughs> delighted to know that you have so many plans. So please tell us. <clears throat> well, I, I'm thinking about uh, one thing is to uh, either uh, do some coaching, because uh, I have some experience in uh, uh, publishing, both self-publishing and also I had some experience with traditional publishing. And so one of my goals maybe is to develop a course or do some coaching. Uh, another one is besides the TED talk is that I would like to, uh, I would like to maybe write a third book and I'm not sure if I'm going to write the third book or not. It would be a controversial book. So I'm not sure that I want to tackle that, but uh, I might. It, uh, I'm very upset with some of the, uh, things that are going on in public schools today, they've changed considerably since I started in 1967. And uh, there's still a lot of great teachers out there. There's still a lot of great things going on, but there's a lot of things that need to be changed. So I'm not sure, but I may write a uh, expose as a third book on some of the things that uh, should be changed back. and Maybe some new things should be put in there and some things that I don't think should be in there that are not, in my opinion, uh, germane to uh, education. They don't have any place in education, in my opinion. So I don't know if I'll do that or not. We'll see. I'm 76 years old, so I don't know if I'm going to get that third book or not. <laughs> we'll see. I'm we'll sure. see. <laughs> and uh, Bill, you said you were working on another book. So is there a message you would like to leave for our listeners? Anything you want to tell us? Okay, well, I think my current new book that's come out is going to be a really, really good book for people because uh, another passion I have through the years is that so many of my students were poor studiers. They, some studied fires, studied another term. Some, like me, never studied hard at all, especially in high school, and they're lazy like I was. And uh, so I've written this book that's uh, Study Smarter, Not Harder that's coming out in a couple of months. And there's a bunch of tips in there that I wanted to just say a couple, three of them that uh, I thought I might cover. One is that uh, you should uh, remember that one size in studying does not fit all. So what works for me may not work for you and so forth. And so I've got about 10 tips and I really got more than that, but 10 that I have not in any order. But the first tip that I have is test yourself and use flashcards. My note card rings is my email address. And that's why I do everything by note cards. And I do it the old fashioned way. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people can buy wraps and stuff for note cards and flashcards, but I don't like to do that because then you say it and you write it down and you say it out loud, you're going to remember it better. So that's my first tip. The second tip I would add is space out your time. Don't study hours in a row. Study 30 minutes, take a five-minute break. Start five or 10 days before the test. Do everything. And then the last day, just relax and think positive. That's the second tip. The third tip is, uh, uh, let's see, practice, practice, and practice. Because uh, it's kind of like real estate. 
people who sell real estate say there's three things in real estate, location, location, location. Well, in studying, there's three things in study, practice, practice, and practice. However, you have to practice certain ways because if you practice incorrectly, that won't help. So my book tells all different kinds of tips that you can practice, but you don't have to practice for as long. You just have to do it over a uh, specific length of time and start early. And then finally, you just have to be organized. You have to organize your thing, have a to-do list, then keep everything in perspective and have some fun. So that's what I'd leave with people. And that book will be an ebook and a uh, print book on Amazon, probably a couple, three months. Wonderful. It's called uh, How to Study Smarter, Not Harder, Over 77 Ways to Improve Your study skills in just minutes a day. And that's the working title. So it may have a slightly different title because I'm doing this one through a uh, uh, Mill uh, City Press in Maitland, Tennessee, uh, Maitland, Florida. I, I self-published my first book almost completely by myself. This one, I'm going to do a combination with a company that publishes maybe a thousand books a year. So I'm hoping it'll be a better book. Wow, you are doing so many things. And you are 76, and you have so many, many, many plans, which is amazing. We need to have goals. But you got to be careful with goals. You don't want to set them too high because it frustrates you if they're really high and un un unattainable. But on the other hand, most people set them way too low, and so they accomplish them. But you got to challenge yourself. But you, you can't just say, I'm going to be whatever, you know, that's impossible. Not many things are impossible if you work at it hard enough, but most, but most things you just need to set your goals a little bit beyond your reach. So you have to strive a little bit to get them. That's my opinion. Anyway. Thank you. And Bill, where can we find you online? Well, the best thing to find me, I think is my email address and it's all lowercase note card rings at gmail.com. That's N-O-T-E-C-A-R-D-R-I-N-G-S at gmail.com. Now, my website is also available, and it's www.writewellrightnow.org. And it's W-R-I-T-E-W-E-L-L-R-I-G-H-T-N-O-W.org. And those are the two best ways to... Uh, to uh, catch me and now uh, the email I tend to answer almost all emails. So uh, if you call me, I have the cell phone, but I'm not going to give you the cell phone. It's on my website, I think. But but if you call me, I don't know who you are. I don't answer. So uh, best way is email. Yes, and then website is is the second best way. Great, and also Bill, your article will be published on our blog www.luciamatua. Is that the one about the 10 suggestions? Yes. Right. Yeah, there are 10 of those, and they're not in any specific order. Uh, as I said before, one size doesn't fit all. So you go through there and pick the ones you think is going to work, and that's the ones you try first. And if they don't work, throw them out. If they do work, continue. And if you got something that works well, don't quit doing it. That's so it's like throwing a baby out of the bath course. So if you got something that works, even though I might not be able to use it, maybe it works for you. Keep it. But try other few other things. Maybe they'll help you do better. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Bill, thank you very, very much. It's a pleasure to speak pleasure with, to talk you. with you. 
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money.